Um, you know, if we're one week saying, gosh, I need to save up £30,000 for a 300 grand pro uh, property. And now I just, and the next week, I just need to, I find I just need to save up £3,000. I'm like, of course I've got that, man, because I'll be trying to get to 30K. I'm yeah. excited, right? Let's talk about some of, I guess, the, the pros of this. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, um, I think the people that benefit the most from this are people who, Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yep, I'm doing very well, Peter. I'm doing very good. We are now in the month of March. We call March Money March, right? So um, this is, is the time where we like to focus on our finances as we come towards the end of Q1. Um, and then, of course, we start to plan for the rest of the year. So, yeah, I'm feeling very good. Um, How are you doing? I am well, man. It is indeed money march, man. Money march indeed. And um, it's that season, as you said, that first quarter and just assessing where I've been and in, in comparison to what I said I'm going to do this time, November times as I'm planning for 2024. Quick question, Jax, on a scale of one to 10, how well would you rate your, where you are in terms of where you said you wanted to be in first quarter? How well would you rate it out of one to 10? Um, Probably 6.5. Yeah, I think yeah. six point five is a bit fair. I think I've done a few things quite well. Um, the things that I've lacked on is my uh gym membership. I'm <laughs> mm. um, trying to be a bit more consistent with that, and um, actually, as part of my analysis, rather than uh going to the gym that's uh, near my my home, uh, which is still about fifty minutes uh, drive, I've decided to actually start going to the gym at work or next to work so you know again it's part of the analysis right looking at things that work well things that don't work well and i realized that um going to the gym is better for me when it's convenient um and i've always enjoyed going to the gym in between my lunch breaks at work so that's that's what i'm working towards uh, this year and i think if i can get that you know in motion i think it can move to more than a nine out of ten I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'll definitely say for me, probably around a seven-ish. Um, there's lots of unknowns with um interest rates and stuff and how that's impacting um mortgages and things like that. So it's definitely been a a season of understanding my risk tolerance as well, um, in terms of how safe ones need to be in certain areas of my finances. So yeah, and, yeah, and that's because you're and that's because you're remortgaging, correct? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, definitely an interest. And one in uh, what those once in every few years opportunities as well. So yeah, um, definitely an interesting time. But now, nah, man, always, always good to jump on an, on an episode with you. And a massive shout out to our listeners all over the world, man. Wherever you are, we appreciate you. We see you. We recognize you, man. So please keep doing what you're doing by supporting us. But Jax, we're, this is going to be a quick episode and um, where we're just going to react to a bit of news. And we do this every now and then, as our listeners would know by now, where a particular news comes up, uh, we just check it out and see what it's saying and respond to it. And usually this news, wherever it is in the UK, usually it's relevant to literally every single person um, on this personal finance journey all over the world. Now, Jax, this news, um, depending on the source that you're reading, is around mortgages. Of course, um, <laughs> it's an interesting time for mortgages in line with everything that's happening with interest rates. And in particular, quite recently here in the UK, there's um, news reports of the potential for um, 
the offer of 99% mortgages for first-time buyers. That's here in the UK. So next uh, in the next few days, so March the 6th, depending on the time people are listening to this episode, um, the government are announcing the new budgets for the new financial year. And it's very likely that this 99% mortgage scheme is going to be announced. First of all, initial reactions. <laughs> Well, first and foremost, uh, I think the, the key thing to uh, highlight here is to kind of rephrase what you're saying. So a 99% mortgage essentially means all um, new buyers have to do is come up with a 1% deposit. Mm. Um, I mean, my, my first reaction is uh, twofold. I think there are pros and cons of every <laughs> everything, right? The, to be honest, the first one that came up to me was more of a con. Uh, mainly because I still very much remember when mortgages were very easy to obtain and what that caused for the global economy, <laughs> right? So that was my first kind of reaction. However, when I've analysed it in a bit more detail, I do think there are some potential pros of this uh, thing actually happening. So yeah, it would be good to dissect. Go into, before yeah. you go into that, you mentioned how easy it was to get um, mortgages before. Just for the listeners that have no idea what you're on about, what do you mean? Yeah, so... um. You would have had to live under a rock to not have heard or, or experienced the global financial crisis which took place in 2008 mm. um but essentially all of that kicked off because people were basically borrowing mortgages or taking out mortgages that they couldn't uh, afford uh we called them subprime uh, mortgages uh you probably heard the terminology ninja um and that kind of stuff but essentially the mortgages some of the mortgages were even 100 percent right so mm. Um, you know, you don't have to put any deposit down. You just get the mortgage. I even heard that some of the mortgages were the opposite, were, were negative. Like they'll pay you to take out the mortgage, which is absolutely insane. But it didn't sound the same back then. It just made sense because, you know, things seem to be doing very well until essentially the bubble burst. So I guess that's that's what we're talking about when we talk about history not being that long ago. 2008 was a while ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, and so when I hear of a 1% uh, deposit or a 99% uh, mortgage, that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. Mm. Hmm. And, and and on that, actually, just to put things into perspective in terms of calculations, a 1% deposit, I mean, for a first time buyer hearing this, just to put things into perspective, someone buying a £300,000 property with a 5% deposit um, would need to have savings of at least £15,000 to get a 95% mortgage. But under this new scheme that might come in play, that individual will need at least as little as £3,000, so just £3,000. Um, yeah. obviously this is minus fees for like solicitors, surveys and all that, but it's a huge decrease into what normally is required, um, in normal circumstances. And that's with a 5% deposit example versus a 5% yeah. deposit example. <laughs> well, that's, 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 that's the, that's the interesting, in interesting thing, Peter, you've, you've used the example of 5%, which, mm. which in itself wasn't normal, right? Mm. Uh, what's actually normal is, is a 10% to 15% deposit. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, using your example of £300,000 uh, property price, that would have required the average person to put down £30,000. 30, 30 um, yeah. yeah. And as time has, has gone by, we've had help to buy schemes, etc., where you're allowed to put 5% down, which in your example was 15000 mm. Now they're going to 1%, <laughs> which is just like, yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it's just uh, rather um, interesting why, why you go that low. Mm. um yeah i just i just think it's it's, it's strange 
Yeah, and, and on that, Jax, actually, for the now me and you were at once one point first time buyers. Um, you know, if we're one week saying, gosh, I need to save up thirty thousand pounds for a three hundred grand prop uh property, and now I just and the next week I just need to I find I just need to save up <laughs> three thousand pounds. I'm like, of course I've got that man, because I'll be trying to get to thirty k. I'm yeah. excited, right? Let's talk about some of I guess the the pros of this. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, um, I think the people that benefit the most from this are people who um have a decent income right but the the main challenge that they have faced is literally actually coming up with the deposit right and and, and that happens a lot with especially people here in the uk especially people that live in let's say london uh where they may have jobs in london so they pay they you know they get paid a decent amount of money um but to live in london uh to rent in london is extremely expensive which also means that even though you might be earning good money you, you can't save anything because you spend all your money um, again, that means you struggle to actually come up with the deposit. So, you know, if you're if you're given the opportunity to just come up with a 1% deposit that's much more manageable and doable, it just means that now, hey, look, you actually got on a property ladder and you're able to substitute the money that you was paying uh, your landlord to actually paying back, back a mortgage. So, yeah, for those people, I think I think it's absolutely amazing. It's basically perfect. Hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's an opportunity to get on the property ladder as you said you gave some of the you know the some of the uh things that needs to be in place uh that will benefit those people as well but no absolutely they get onto the property ladder and they become property owners with such uh, a little um deposit, deposit in comparison yeah. to what others might have paid in the past um okay anything else i mean again this from the offset just looking at this news for the first time buyer this just looks like an amazing opportunity yeah i mean look it's, it's an opportunity for some people um but i don't think it's an opportunity for most people mm, i think it's really important yeah it's, it's just really important to understand all the pros and the cons of uh, financial decisions and then to make an informed decision so what I just described earlier, I think is probably the only time I would say it's probably a good idea for someone to actually yeah, just put down a 3% deposit. Um, sorry, a 1% deposit, for example. So so that there's many cons, you know. Uh, even if you can just put down 1% deposit, generally speaking, if I'm speaking to a friend, um, I would say ideally you want to put down more of a deposit, right? Um, and, and that's not for you know, just putting money down is because it comes with death, you know, other consequences as well. Mm -hmm. If you're able to put down a higher deposit, um, first and foremost, the chances are the interest rate that you are paying will be less than someone who just puts down a 1% deposit. Okay. So it's, it's, it's also important to know that if you just put down 1% as a deposit, the interest you're, that you're going to um, actually pay the bank is going to be higher than someone who puts down um, a higher deposit. So and, it's important I, to know that, yeah. And I think, Jax, for first-time buyers as well, because I think, you know, you remember, Jax, what it was like when, you know, um, we was looking for homes or even thinking in the next few years, I'm going to buy my first home. You kind of, you, you have that aspiration, but you don't really feel like you know everything. And I think this is one of the things that can be overlooked. The change of the interest rate, even if it's by 1%, you know, we're dealing with big numbers here. It can cost yeah. you X, a decent increase um, in your monthly payments. We're talking hundreds of pounds just by the change of one or two percentages on the interest rate. 
Oh, absolutely. It, it makes it makes a huge difference. And actually, it's important you've, you've mentioned that because there's another point I wanted to make, which is, look, the moment you decrease the barriers to entry into home ownership, uh, which can sound like a great idea, the bottom line is more demand comes for the properties. And by simple economics, economics 101, supply and demand, if there's excess demand for properties, guess what happens to the price of the properties? Mm. It goes up. So, you know, there's going to be this surge in demand for properties, which is great if you are someone who already owns a home because the mm. price of homes go up. But if you don't, the chances are you're going to be competing um, once again for, for properties at a much higher price, which further increases, um, you know, the, the amount you're going to have to pay back in terms of a mortgage. Not in a percentage perspective, but in a more nominal perspective, which means just how much you're going to pay back because the mortgage will be on a bigger amount of 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 uh, of the value of, of the house, which is which is the mortgage basically. Um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So so look, yeah, it's, you just got to be very mindful that whilst at first it sounds great, it sounds exciting, and people want to jump on, there are consequences. One of those consequences is the property prices are likely to go up and go up quite fast. And of course, you, the individual, you're likely to be paying back more over time. Um, yeah. And do you want me to go into another another consequence, which I think is quite dangerous? Yeah. And um, please, you, can, you might be thinking what I was thinking, so go, go for it. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've spoken about it on the World Finance Podcast before, but that is the one, that is uh, negative equity. Yeah, that's right. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So negative equity for, for our listeners who don't know what that is, it's one of those terms that sounds a bit scary and it, it can be. But essentially, remember, when you you know buy a, a property, you don't use all your money, of course. We're talking about 1% mortgages, which essentially means you, you own just 1% of the home. Let's not uh, be naive. Let's be honest. When you buy a home, uh, and you put down 1%, you own 1%, the bank owns 99%. It's important to understand that, right? Um, what that means is if, if you know, the value of your, you know, your, your mortgage was uh, £297,000, quick maths, um, and you put down £3,000, what if, you know, property prices actually do the opposite and um, the property price drops to... I'm going to use a bit of an exaggerated example just to make the concept clear. But let's say it drops to £250,000. So now the property that you bought for £300,000 is worth £250,000. However, your mortgage is still at £297,000. So negative equity basically means your outstanding debt is higher than the value of your home. And what that also means is, let's say you wanted to sell your home you are unable to sell your home and pay back the mortgage, right? If you were to sell your home, using the example I've given, you get £250,000. That is not enough to cover your debt uh, to the bank, which is £297,000. And that causes a big issue, which means you can't sell, right? And that causes very uh, disturbing um, situations when it comes to things like remortgaging. A lot of the time, companies don't want to even remortgage uh, with you. The banks don't remortgage with you, which means you go into the standard variable rate, mm -hmm. right? So rather than being able to get a new product, maybe even at a cheaper price, you go on the standard variable rate, which, which we know is actually much higher. Um, and of course, if you want to move houses, that's extremely difficult. So mm -hmm. negative equity is, is something that's dangerous and it's actually, it can easily happen because you only own... 290 sorry um 3000 pounds out of the 200 and 
sorry, £3,000 out of just £300,000. And then, of course, the mortgage is £297,000. So something to be very, very, very wary of. And, and Jax, again, putting things into perspective, because this new product that is likely to come here is going to be for first-time buyers. And as we know, if we're doing anything for the first time, there's only so much we know. We also learn by going through through the experience. So hopefully for those listeners, um, this is quite useful. And for even listeners that are a bit more experienced and have skin in the game, hopefully this is quite useful for you to also share with others as well. But Jax, for those that are not aware, house prices do go down. And in the current times we've experienced, we've actually seen that um, in terms oh, yeah. of house prices going down. So this is actually a reality. And if you only own 1%, of that home you know this is a reality well what you're saying is true in a sense that it's actually very likely because mm. uh you know you only need a two percent move hmm. in property prices to be a negative equity so what you're saying is very true you have to be very mindful of it Equ negative equity is a very very you know likely thing that can happen to you mm. essentially what i'm saying is not not too much needs to happen for you to be negative equity yeah. basically yeah. um you know and, and that's just something that we have to be mindful of and like i say it's it's it, it doesn't need to stop you from taking out the one percent mortgage but it needs to be something that you factor into your thinking um when you are going for the mortgage yeah no absolutely um and uh for our listeners if you want to hear more about um negative equity as jacks mentioned we've actually spoken about this on the podcast before that's episode 119 and it was called what is negative equity on a house and what to do about it so do make sure you check that out again um and yeah. and jacks i mean we we've kind of touched on it already but having a 10 percent deposit um which what we you know is traditional at least a 10 percent deposit you will be paying less monthly um outgoings uh yeah. you'll be paying less every month but if obviously if you was to have a one percent deposit I guess just doing the maths, and and this is just my opinion. It's just not worth it when you look at the two. Yeah, look, I, I mean, my my guidance is um, essentially what I said um, in my opening statement that look, this benefits a specific group of people, mm. um, and those specific types of people are those people who essentially just can't save any deposit because their rent is so high, mm. uh, but they are actually earning good money, mm. so in a sense, even though they may be paying back more on a mortgage, they're paying higher rents anyway. So it shows that they can afford to uh, pay the higher interest. Mathematically, it's still not great, but it can still work out better for them because now at least they're paying back um, some sort of uh, mortgage, which increases the equity in an asset that has history of going up in value too. So those specific types of people can benefit, but I think just looking around in my head I, I can't think of anyone else <laughs> yeah, yeah. where this will be a major benefit too um because hey even if someone just said hey i i kind of come up with a 10 15 deposit but why not just put down one percent well you can if you really wanted to but understand the consequences and also understand that mathematically that probably won't work in your favor when you factor in the fact that you're going to pay back more in interest over a longer period of time as well yeah and i think they may and again because this product hasn't been introduced yet so it's just here set at the moment they may introduce some mitigation steps to ensure that 
only people really can afford it in terms of salary. So usually here in the UK, uh, lenders tend to give out up to um, a maximum of around 4.5 times your annual income. I think they will raise it in the case of this uh, product as well, which um, is a good thing. Yeah, I think I think it'd be very important to approach this with um, a lot of prudence. Um, yeah, so um, looking at the two people that benefit from this, Peter, I've described the people already, but there's another group of people that benefit from this. Would you want to have a guess who they are? Oh, go go for it, man. Go for whoa, actually, ooh. Um, have we mentioned uh, property investors? Well, <laughs> well, there's, okay. There's, there's three. I was yeah. gonna say there's three groups there. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you are someone who's uh, a developer or someone who owns property, you're, you're probably gonna benefit from the rise uh, in the prices of properties as demand um, comes into the market. But actually, it's it's another group of people which which are the bankers. <laughs> of course, of course. How could I forget? That? How could you forget? <laughs> yeah, it's the bankers, right? Uh, because you know this is their way of getting um exposure to an asset class that's proven itself over time. Mm. Um, and with a one percent mortgage, um, you're going to be paying back a lot of money for a pretty decent period of time, mm. and a lot of interest compounded over a long period of time would be absolutely amazing for them as their passive income. Hmm. Woo. Yeah, I can. I'm only imagining the trying to imagine the interest rates that they will be um setting at these. Um, lower deposits but yeah that is absolutely crazy um jacks um i was gonna ask you a, a final question on my side i mean first of all i think you're saying are you not biased but does it change now that you're a homeowner in terms of everything that you've been saying um or would no, you I... have had these thoughts before you bought your first <laughs> maybe look i think yeah, not a lot. I wouldn't say it would have been material, um, mainly because I, I, I ideally, I've always felt like a ten percent deposit, for example, is where you want to be at, mm. um, because I understand the concept of loan to value and what that means, and you know, understanding the equity that you actually own in your property, and I think it's good to start off with a decent amount of ownership in your own home and to build equity in your home if you can so you know we even talk about things like mortgage overpayments right if you can do mortgage overpayments then you can increase your equity in the home as much as possible and that's been my belief for a long time so in that sense not so much but of course um maybe if i didn't own a home and i heard i need to only put one percent down that that might have excited me a bit <laughs> because psychologically and then the psychology psychology right psychologically it just would have meant that i get to it's in, in some ways keep a bit more of my own money hmm. um but to be honest peter if i've you know thought about it more i would have still gone with at least 10 percent because yeah. you know just because i put 10 percent in my home doesn't mean i've lost the money it means i just own more of my home which i think makes more sense than just keeping it in my bank account absolutely absolutely no, I love that. I love that. Um, Jax, we're going to give a shout out to where we get our listeners from. Um, and this area is called Surrey. And it's not Surrey in the UK, but in Canada. Oh, there's a lot of, you know, cities in Canada and the US that follow um, the UK cities, no. right? For example, London. <laughs> I think there's a lot there in the US. <laughs> Welcome to the Walk Fellas podcast. You're here with myself, Jax, and the co-host, Peter. On the podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. If you want to know more about what we do, because Walk Finance is more than just a podcast, we serve in the community. 
head over to www.walkfinance.co.uk. That's www.walkfinance.co.uk. And make sure you sign up to our mailing list so you're kept up to date with all the amazing things that we are doing. And if you want to engage with us on our socials, we are predominantly on Instagram. That would be at Walk Finance Team. Again, that's at Walk Finance Team. And we're also on LinkedIn. So if you just search for Walk Finance, you are sure to find us. Now, I hope you are enjoying this episode and gaining tons of value. Come on, come on, come on. Shout out to our Canadian listeners and to our listeners all over the world. Now, Jax, before I let you go, to the listener that is up and coming haven't bought their first home and listening to this and say yo man these two people they're trying to stop my shine they're trying to stop me getting onto my first property what's wrong with them man i'm ready to slap <laughs> down this one percent deposit and i'm yeah. somehow just listening to this as i usually do on my car ride somewhere um <laughs> what would you say to that and what before you answer jacks applying some of the money mindset habits that we talk about on woke finance what would you how would you respond to that yeah, well, it is my desire and Peter's desire to um have more and more people, you know, have the ability to get on a property ladder. We we want people to be homeowners. We think, you know, as homeowners, homeownership is one of the very proven ways, especially here in the UK, but I'm quite sure it's the same across the world, of actually building wealth long term and building generational wealth. So we want people to be homeowners. However, we want people to do it with a level of prudence and understanding. What we don't want to do is to, um, in, you know, pursue certain things that sound good um, and may, you know, fuel things like instant gratification, because that is definitely a thing, or fuel things like herder mentality, where you just follow your follow people and follow friends and follow people because of the fear of missing out and that kind of stuff. These come with consequences and we want you guys to be aware of those consequences before you make financial decisions. Um, so that's the most important thing. Look, if you want to go for it, look, go for it. We're not here to give any form of financial advice. Go for it, but be aware of the consequences. And as you become more aware and woke when it comes to the financial uh, decisions that you're making and the consequences then you can even prepare for them if things should go a bit south so if you should go into negative equity you are aware that you're likely to struggle with a remortgage and you're likely to go on a standard variable rate you're likely to struggle to move houses you're likely to struggle to remortgage so but then if that's okay for you and that cost is not as big as just not being able to get on a property ladder at all then so be it. Go and get on a property ladder. So again, yeah, it's, it's it's our desire for the average person to get on a property ladder, but we want people to do it with wisdom. There you have it, listeners, man. It's definitely not a conspiracy out here. We want you to win, um, ideally in the best way and in the most informed way. So thank you very much for that, Jax. That was really useful. And um, Jax, maybe we can revisit this as when the product is actually launched and over time, you know, looking at the uptake of it and everything like that, because we might learn a few things or two as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm very interested in seeing whether they do put certain contingencies in place to really protect people from taking out what at first may sound like an amazing product that has its you know, adverse impacts on certain people. Hmm. Well, thanks for that, Jax, man. And there we have it for our listeners. Remember all, stay, stay woke.